0: Two top scientists have come forward to say that Dr. Fauci helped develop the COVID virus. This is a bombshell. New York State Attorney General Letitia James is suing President Trump and his children for fraud. Yet another witch hunt by a radical leftist. And these charges are completely bogus, as I'm going to explain And think about this. The left, this is always their, like, de facto weapon is the legal justice system, is charge them with some sort of crime. That's what they do. When they can't beat you politically, then they charge you with a crime. Think about this. Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, there's a sheriff in Texas who's trying to criminally prosecute him, who's literally trying to indict Ron DeSantis for placing illegals on air-conditioned buses and sending them to Martha's Vineyard, this gorgeous vacation spot. I mean, what a vicious criminal Ron DeSantis is. Because And they've char- tried to charge Trump with every crime in the book. The only crime that he's guilty of is winning. They cannot stand it when a, somebody like Trump or some, somebody like DeSantis beats them. So these liberals have no recourse. They need to figure out, so they can't beat them, you know, unless they cheat and unless they rig elections. The only other option is to try to put them in jail, even if they did not commit a crime. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's like, I mean, Ron DeSantis, I mean, are you seriously? Well, like, the only thing he's guilty of is, is, is exposing the leftist hypocrisy because they claim to be this open sanctuary. They claim to welcome illegals with open arms. Yeah, they welcome illegals into Texas, but not when they come into their backyard. So we're going to get to all of that. This Democrat sheriff in Texas, Javier Salazar, he's investing, uh, literally, he's investigating. He's not investing anything, but he's investigating DeSantis for criminal activity to try to find a crime here when DeSantis placed illegals on this beautiful air-conditioned charter bus and sent them to a resort town. But get this, the sheriff says that so far he cannot find a single crime that DeSantis committed. Well, isn't that a shock? Salazar says he's not able to find any laws that have been broken. You cannot make this stuff up. When Governor Ron DeSantis sent dozens of illegals, and by the way, we have a lot of other news to get to, of course, Salazar announced a criminal investigation. He says the migrants, the illegals, were lured into onto the bus under false pretenses. And he says that somebody uh, hunted them down and preyed upon them for the sake of political theater and people need to be held accountable. However, quote, at this point, I'm not able to definitively say, well, here is the statute that they broke. I mean, DeSantis, he took these illegals. He said, I'm going to take you to this really fancy, beautiful resort town where there's a bunch of Democrats there who claim that they care about you and claim that they actually want you to be safe and sound. <laughs> and he put them on these chartered buses. And by the way, now it looks as though, remember we told you there's another lawsuit. That, that's a criminal investigation. But there's also a class action lawsuit being filed right now as we speak against DeSantis, for that same act of putting these illegals on the bus, and that, that that that's a class action lawsuit. We told you last week, and now it's pretty much been confirmed, that who, who who's behind that lawsuit? These illegals, they don't know what it even means. You think these illegals filed the lawsuit on their own? You think they went and retained a lawyer? So this came from somebody much bigger and much wealthier, and it turns out that's George Soros, the lawyers that are uh, filing this class action lawsuit on behalf of the illegals against DeSantis are actually being supported and backed by George Soros. Here's a quote from this satirical op-ed about DeSantis. Quote, uh, Ron DeSantis cruelly tricked 50 illegal immigrants into going to Martha's Vineyard by telling them it was a lovely summer colony of sandy beaches and beautiful homes filled with leftists who wholeheartedly believe in unpoliced American borders and would therefore welcome them with open arms. Uh, if they had an ounce of integrity, bravely fighting back against the malevolent desantis, some vineyard residents clarified the signs for the illegals on their backyards, on their front yards, that now say, "We believe it's good to put up a sign that says we believe no person is illegal." After which we will call the national guard and have you, uh, brown people, bust out of here so fast that you'll still have, we'll still have time to play a quick 18 holes at the beautiful golf course with the breathtaking views. And, and and by the way, I mean that's literally what happened. Is they called in the National Guard? These 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 open-minded, open-hearted sanctuary city leftists. The first thing they did, I mean, they couldn't call the National Guard in fast enough, and literally had these illegals removed from Martha's Vineyard. By the way, a a, a, a Keisha Bottoms, a, 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 a an advisor to Joe Biden, she says, listen. These, these Republican governors, they cannot just send illegals into cities. Our cities are not equipped to handle these people. Well, what happened when you opened up the borders and have millions of illegals, literally millions flooding into cities in Texas and Arizona and everywhere else? Are they equipped? Did you ask them if they're, if they're equipped? Now DeSantis and, and, and Governor Abbott need to ask you if you're equipped to handle them. All right. So we've got this bombshell story. Two top scientists say that Dr. Fauci funded the research that developed the coronavirus, the gain-of-function research. And we we know that there's already been a staggering amount of evidence until now. These are chilling allegations. These include former C-D- CDC director Robert Redfield. Now, Robert Redfield was somebody that was very accepted by the mainstream media until he actually started to question the origins of the COVID virus. By the way, I don't question the origins because, to me, it's it's so clear. If you look at the evidence, there's no question that it originated from the Wuhan lab, but Robert Redfield says Fauci funded the research, then lied about it to Congress, and um, it's incredible how, like Robert Redfield, for years was a perfectly acceptable mainstream figure, but now suddenly, if 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 you actually suggest that COVID came from a lab, and a lab in China, now there's a sign there are scientists, legitimate scientists who are questioning maybe it came from a lab in the U- in the U.S., and none of this would shock me at this point. But if it came from the from any lab, that means that it came from Fauci, because Fauci is the one who funded gain-of-function research. That's a that's a verifiable fact. Meanwhile, the former vice president of Eco Health Alliance also says that Fauci funded uh, gain-of-function research, the research that led to uh, the COVID virus. This is Andrew Huff, the 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 former VP of Eco Health Alliance. Eco Health Alliance, just so you know. They're the middleman. They're the organization that funneled the money between Fauci and the Wuhan Institute of of, of Virology, of the, the Wuhan lab. And uh, he says that uh, his organization developed COVID through gain-of-function research. So EcoHealth Alliance, they were the middleman. In other words, Dr. Fauci and the NIH, they don't directly fund. They have these grants. And these grants, millions and millions of dollars, probably more, ended up in, in the wuhan lab to fund their research research that was illegal in the u.s by the way but no problem we'll send it to china we'll let them we'll let them do it we'll trust them developing these dangerous coronaviruses and now look what happened of course so eco health alliance they're the middleman so they're the ones because the money doesn't go directly from fauci to the chinese lab eco health alliance they're the ones in the middle by the way robert redfield was labeled the conspiracy theorist when he first suggested that COVID leaked out of a lab but now of course We know that that went from being a conspiracy theory and something that they scoffed at to the most likely logical theory, even by Democrats, even by Biden and other Democrats. And uh, now Redfield says the real conspiracy is Francis Collins, who was the head of the NIH, just retired, Fauci and the established scientific community. He says that Fauci knew that he funded gain-of-function research, which makes viruses more dangerous, makes these viruses contagious in humans. And then he misled Congress when he lied and denied and claimed that he never funded uh, gain-of-function research. But Redfield says that nothing's going to happen as long as the Biden administration is in charge. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi has extended proxy voting in Congress until November 10th. Did you notice the CDC? The CDC has now changed its recommendations. They They, they now say you don't need universal masking, whatever universal masking means, whatever the parameters are. But the CDC has quietly announced, oh, by the way, you don't need universal masking anymore. But of course, the mainstream media is not reporting that because they don't like those kinds of stories that actually suggest that there's no more pandemic. Biden actually announced that the pandemic is over on 60 Minutes. But Pelosi says, and watch how much universal mail-in voting ballots they're going to be in November because the Democrats want to win. They want to you know keep control of the House and the Senate. but But Pelosi still extended proxy voting in Congress until November 10th which means members of Congress, they're allowed to vote remotely. They don't have to actually appear in person to vote. Now, why is Pelosi doing this? Because she's trying to protect her own people, trying to protect the Democrats. It's not because we're worried about COVID. Biden says COVID is over, but Pelosi's allowing members of the House, members of Congress to vote remotely uh, until November 10th. Now, that is the same week that uh, the election is going to be held, the midterms. Coincidentally, November 10th is just literally two days after the midterms, but Pelosi, she wants House members, Democrats specifically, to be able to campaign uh, till the very last minute without actually missing votes in Congress, which could be damaging to them. So she's trying to help the Democrats win the midterms, which they're not going to, at least not in the House, the Senate, even I believe the Senate also is going to turn Republican, but we'll see as things get closer. A lot of very volatile races there. But, uh, but, but, But the point is that Pelosi, she's blaming it on COVID. Anything, any policy you want to institute to fit your own agenda, no problem. Just blame it on COVID. By the way, did you see this story? President Trump revealed last week that he once, when he was president, he showed a Taliban terrorist leader a satellite image of his own house And he literally showed him a picture of his house and said, hey, look at this. We can basically obliterate. He literally threatened to obliterate him. I think he actually used that word. But this is this is just amazing. You got to you got to love it. It just doesn't get any better than this. That, you know, the contrast of Biden, the the the, the coward, uh, the weak coward who's just just rolls over and just allows people like Putin and China to just completely, completely uh, get the upper hand and threaten the United States and does nothing in response. And meanwhile, Trump, he he was somebody who was revered and feared by foreign leaders, including the Taliban, including terrorists. And uh, and of course, we know that Trump assassinated multiple terrorist leaders. But uh, but Trump actually he once showed uh, a Taliban terrorist leader um, at his own house and threatened to obliterate him uh, and said, hey, listen, we could blow this up at any time. But tr- Trump was interviewed on Han- on Sean Hannity last week. And this was uh, Abdul Ghani Baraja, who, by the way, right now is actually one of the top leaders in the Afghani government because the Taliban, thanks to Biden, the Taliban has actually taken control and turned Afghanistan back into a terrorist state. But uh, what Trump did, he sent him a satellite picture and said, I would, quote, obliterate you. At least that's what Trump said, according to this uh Uh, According to this interview, this was when Trump was actually planning the Afghan pullout, which, of course, would have gone very differently if Trump were in charge as opposed to Biden, who just botched it beyond all human comprehension. And Trump said, listen, as the United States troops are going to exit the country, he says, if you try anything, if you try to attack our troops, then we're going to hit you harder than any country has ever been been hit. And Trump said that uh, this terrorist responded, I understand your excellency. um, And he said... Uh, that that he he said, why are you showing me this picture? You know, basically Trump told him, you know, I know exactly where you are. And Trump said, I sent him a picture of his house. And he said, but why? Why do you send me a picture of my house? And Trump said, you're going to have to figure that one out. All right. So Trump is being sued by uh, Letitia James, who all she's trying to do is she's trying to, you know, build her reputation. And uh, Trump, of course, is an easy target because all, all the people on the left, Uh, target Trump. But um, these are bogus charges. By the way, even even Attorney General Barr called this a political hit job. But this is what they do is they weaponize the justice system. I mean, and by the way, these are the same tactics that have been used. We told you about that sheriff trying to criminally charge DeSantis. We know about Roger Stone and about Paul Manafort and, uh, you know, General Flynn. I mean, they do this to everybody, everybody who's a threat, anybody on the right, anybody who associates with Trump, they try they threaten to put them in jail or they actually put them in jail. To are doing it to Bannon. These are the same tactics that have been used by every tyrannical regime, by every terrorist. I'm sorry, by every dictatorship, I should say. Just think about it. It's a little bit different now because there's an official justice system protocol in place. There's a constitution. So they've got to wiggle their way around that. They figure it out. They find every every dirty trick in the book, Bob Mueller, et cetera. You know, the pitbull, Andrew Weissman. But This is this is something that has gone on for thousands of years is you don't like their politics. uh, You view them as a threat. No problem. Throw them in jail. So Letitia James claims and I know that with Letitia James is technically a civil suit, but but she's but she's referred them for criminal investigation to the IRS for tax fraud. She says here's what she's saying. She's saying that Trump inflated his assets uh, in order to secure bank loans and uh, or larger loans than he was entitled to. So, and, and by the way, she's suing Trump's children, all of his children, or at least the children that are involved in the foundation. I guess Don Jr., Eric and uh, and Ivanka, they're they're part of this lawsuit too, uh, also. And uh, that's what Barr says. He says, you really think that the, his kids, of course, of course, they're part of his foundation or part of his, uh, you know, part of his business, the Trump organization. But you think that they're going through the financials. You really think the kids, even if even assuming that Trump did anything wrong. And I don't believe he did. um the, uh, the kids certainly have nothing to do with this, but you know it's it's all just politics. but um, we can de- assuming this even happened that he inflated the books, which we don't even know, but we can debate the ethics of it. you know, we can debate the right and wrong. but here's the point. you're really going to prosecute this. Nobody got hurt by this. nobody gets hurt by this. And, and this is something, by the way, which is very common practice. And everybody wins. Again, you're going to tell me, oh no, but it's still not right, technically. We can debate that. But the bank wants the companies to inflate the books. The banks want to lend more money because they know that they're going to get their money back. And they know that they're going to earn extra and extra interest and all of that. So the whole thing is a game. Many companies do this. I'm not saying I'm condoning it. But no money is stolen. Nobody loses any money. It's a win-win. And so, so this thing about inflating the books, like if that's really the crime, then that's not something Letitia James should ever be wasting her time with, especially look at what's going on in New York. Look at the real crime in New York. Whether that's technically under Letitia James' jurisdiction or not, there's an awful lot of things she could be focused on. People are really, really suffering, and she's busy with Trump inflating the books, assuming that it even ever happened. And it all starts, by the way, with crazy regulations on lending. What happens is the banks, their hands are tied because of government restrictions. The banks are not allowed to lend money unless like, there are so many different stipulations. So that forces the banks to get creative in order to actually lend money in order to be able to make money and then they lend money to somebody like Trump and then Trump invests it and then Trump uses that money to generate a lot more money and make people richer and make other you know make make uh and, and employ middle class Americans. So like everybody wins in this game whether it's technically technically within the letter of the law or not. These charges are a joke even Bill Barr as I said who who is no fan of Trump at this point uh called it a political hit shop. All right. we Last week, we interviewed Jake Turks, of course, the senior White House correspondent for Ami magazine. And that happened because Jake Turks was excluded. You should listen to that interview. Pretty good interview, I think. Uh, Turks did a, did a very good job. He was, of course, excluded from this White House unity summit. I mean, and literally, the Orthodox Jews, other than a couple, very, very few token Orthodox Jews, Haredim and Orthodox Jews were almost universally excluded from a unity summit. The the, the summit was organized to combat hate and anti-Semitism. And it was organized by anti-Semite Al Sharpton, by the way. He was the one who requested that the White House hold this unity summit. Uh, and, And Jake Turks is literally there with a bunch of other Haredi reporters. They're in the White House because Turks works in the White House. And these others, they were doing some kind of documentary so they're right there. And he just said, well, just let us in. Like, we're we're literally in the same building. Just let us into the wing that's having this unity summit. But the Biden people refused. So I just want to make two points. Number one, you know, why did Biden, uh, assuming this is not anti-Semitism, why did Biden uh, exclude Orthodox Jews from this event? Number one, because he wants to punish Orthodox Jews because Orthodox Jews support Trump. I think that's the very obvious explanation. But a caller also made the point, and this is a great point, this whole narrative, the Biden narrative, is who are the bad guys? Who are the racists? Who are the haters? The white people, the white supremacists, right? The bigots are the white people because that's always how it works. The minorities are the victims. The minorities aren't the ones who are doing, who, you know, who are guilty of the hate and and, and and the bigotry and the anti-Semitism and and of course, you know, Biden and the Democrats want you to believe that the 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 the, the anti-Semitism and there's been rampant rampant uh, anti-Semitic attacks. Uh, uh, especially on Orthodox and Ultra-Orthodox and Haredim, as they're called, right? So it's all white supremacists, right? But we know that myth has been debunked again and again. We know that uh, Haredim are being attacked by blacks, Muslims, and other minorities, and not white supremacists. It's extremely rare. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's like a tiny, tiny, minuscule fraction. But according to Biden... The minorities are the victims, so they're not the bad guys. So this does not fit his narrative. Inviting uh, Orthodox Jews and specifically Haredim to this unity summit that actually goes flies in the face of the Biden narrative. Either way, it's 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 totally egregious. And then the White House was so threatened by the story, they did they tried to have this story essentially buried by the New York Post. They they actually tried to contact the New York Post through Turks. To, you know, have the New York Post either not publish it or water it down. And then you had Susan Rice, who's a top level official. She's actually tweeting about like the one Orthodox Jew. uh, I think Nathan Diamond, who actually did get invited. So Susan Rice she's trying to like defend the White House. But but, and it's a pitiful defense, but it actually shows you, you know, how threatened they are by this story. All right. uh, Student loan forgiveness. We've got new numbers. How much is Biden's student loan forgiveness going to cost the taxpayers? And by the way, he's going to forgive more as time goes on, possibly even before the election to to bribe people to vote for him. It's going to cost Americans 400 billion dollars over 10 years. This is a CBO estimate, which is always low. It's always they always undershoot. But according to the CBO, student loan forgiveness is going to cost Americans 400 billion dollars. Over 10 years, and that's just the beginning because you got you got more to come. And there's there's a headline I saw in one newspaper. Majority of Americans support student loan forgiveness until they find out how much it's going to cost. There, there's your headline, and this is actually according to a study, obviously. Majority of Americans support student loan forgiveness until they find out how much it's gonna cost. And it's well, the point that I always make: these you know, these bogus studies, Bernie Sanders, Ocasio. They go and they quote these studies. Oh, Americans, they want universal health care. They want the Green New Deal. They want environmental restrictions. They want forgiveness of student loans. Like like all these freebies, all these things that these socialists want, that these radicals want to implement and that Biden now is uh, actually implementing and pandering to. They they always quote these studies. Oh, Americans are in favor. Americans want universal basic income. Americans want uh, universal health care and want student loan forgiveness. Of course, if you ask them the question a certain way, of course, that's what they're going to say. You know, you go to people and you say, listen, you want me to give you $10,000 right now for free? I'll give you a $10,000 check. Uh, Okay, sure, I support that. Do you support the government giving out free money? Uh, Sure, I support the government giving out free money. What are people going to say? Because what they're not seeing is they're not seeing the billions and the trillions in debt and in deficits that it creates, they're not seeing how much suffering and how much taxes are going to go up, and how the, the the inflation and the economy tanking and all of that, and the stock market's tanking. They're not. You're not asking them all those questions. Well, look at what's going to happen. Well, look at uh, massive inflation. Look at gas prices at five, six dollars a gallon as a result of this. Look at you know look at Dollar Tree becoming Dollar Twenty Five Tree. You know, look how much it costs to buy a loaf of bread. So they're they're not asking the most questions. They're saying, hey, you want free money? Hey, you want student loan forgiveness? Oh, sure, I want student loan forgiveness. Why not? In a bubble, it sounds great, right? You go into a candy store and you say, you know what? Just here, just eat candy all day long, eat junk food all day long. Are you? Su- Do you support eating junk food all day long? Sure. Well, what about your teeth? Well, what about your health? Well, what about the kind of heart disease that it's going to cost? Oh, whoops, well, I didn't think of that. So, I mean, all these things come at a price. Yeah, people, and, and it's so easy to just quote these studies. Oh, people said they support it. Yeah, they said they support it. Do you want free money? Yes or no? <laughs> well, it's actually not free money. It's actually going to crush the American economy, it's actually going to hurt people in the long run. Our children and our grandchildren are going to suffer big time. That's really what this is all about. And uh, by the way, on that note, Americans are losing money under Biden. Even people who have gotten a, a raise have actually lost money. The numbers are now out. And again, this is uh, this is according to the Heritage Foundation, actually, that the average American has lost More than $4,000 in annual income since Biden took office because of inflation. In other words, the average American, even if they got a raise, they still lost money because the dollar is now worth so much less because things are so much more expensive than they were. So the average American has lost over $4,000 a year. This is the Heritage Foundation, their think tank, analyzed consumer prices and Americans have lost about $4,200 of income a year Since Biden took office, consumer prices have gone up 12.7%, which is much faster than wages. So as a result, the average American worker has lost $3,000 in purchasing power a year. And the tightening monetary policy by the Fed, increasing um, interest rates with credit cards, mortgages, and car loans, uh, have reduced the average American's purchasing power by an additional $1,200 a year. So that equals $4,200 a year. And according to new data, and this is government data, In 2021, Americans spent more in taxes than food, clothing, and health care combined. So if you take the amount, and that's a lot that people are spending in food, clothing, and health care in 2021 under Joe Biden, well, Americans spent more money in taxes than in those three combined, food, clothing, and health care. And those are very, very exorbitant costs at this point. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.